Okay, so before we get into today's episode, I thought I would give you a little update on the podcast. And don't worry, the show name is not changing. We are not going anywhere. In fact, I'm very happy to be celebrating the fact that we're 143 episodes in. And you know why I'm pretty excited is because when I started this podcast back in 2019, I remember saying to a business coach that I had at the time, I think I'm going to start a podcast. And we've all had those thoughts in our head, projects we'd like to do, maybe we've spoken them out aloud, but something told me that podcasting was something I would enjoy, number one that I would look forward to doing, that would be something in my calendar that I'm like, yes, this is really fun. I get to connect with amazing guests. I get to expand my network and share some of the things that I teach clients in a one-to-one setting, bring those into the podcast and be able to share them with you. And so all that said, that idea actually became a reality. I put myself on the hook. I said to my coach, Rachel, I'm going to start a podcast and then two weeks later the podcast was live and I think that if you have projects in mind, if you have ideas and you share them with someone and you give yourself a date when it's going to go live and you put it live and you just don't worry too much about it being perfect, you don't worry about the the details but you get the first few episodes if it's a podcast out there and you start the thing rolling because I knew in the back of my mind the people that I really admired in the podcasting space they didn't have 10 episodes they had in the hundreds of episodes in fact some of my favorite podcasters are 400 500 nearly up to a thousand episodes they've been going half a lifetime at podcasting and so I realized okay got to get this out there got to get going get the rhythm find my own voice find my personality when it comes to sharing in this audio medium that I now had and here we are 143 episodes later My goal is to hopefully get to those 300 episode mark and be up there with the people that I admire. And so we're not going anywhere. You haven't gotten rid of me as of today. This is not the last episode. This is going to be one of many episodes to come. So hopefully you're still enjoying the show and you're ready for a lot more episodes to come. So Back in 2021, which feels like a lifetime ago and making big life decisions during the last three years was something that I know a lot of us did as a reflection of what was going on and having us think twice about how we're living our life and what's important and our values and all of those things. So I know a lot of people made big life decisions they started families, they moved, all of those exciting things. And John and I actually decided that it would be the best time for us to come together and form a business partnership. We have been married for nine years now. We've been together for, I think, like 16 years, something like that. And we decided it was time to bring our forces together, bring our strengths together and create something unique that 
we couldn't see out there for service-based businesses who wanted coaching, also wanted access to a community of other business owners and wanted a really unique approach because there is a lot out there. There are a lot of options when it comes to coaching. And so we started Create a Club and I think in the last two years, we've only been going two years, but it feels like longer than that because it's been such an incredible ride. We've worked with over 80 businesses. So as you can see, you just start and you look back two years, three years, five years later and you think, wow, like I started from zero and now look, here we are. Look what's happened in that time. Look who, who we've been able to help. It's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty special to be able to look back. So being a self-identified creator myself, I do have a creative background, but I consider myself a creator in all areas of life, but particularly in business. And so I needed to have a project, an outlet. John's a writer. He's very good at writing. And I love to talk. I love to talk. <laughs> I love to hang out with other amazing people in business and yeah get their their expertise and their knowledge and be able to share that with the true to you community so we decided that I keep the podcast going and that was also a way for me to connect with more women in small business more creative business owners even service businesses that considered themselves to be creative so this podcast, True to You, is where I get a little bit more unchained. I get to speak my mind. <laughs> no, just kidding. I get to indulge the people and the things that I'm really interested in when it comes to the framework that we teach. So we teach a framework in Inside Creator Club. That's how we help you build your business. And so the way we're looking at this moving forward is I'm going to really dive deeper in some of, into some of those areas of the framework that I'm obsessed with. And right now, one of those areas that I'm really obsessed with is building a personal and business brand or what we call building character that's not boxed in, that doesn't have you feel as though you're just doing the same as everyone else because you are a creator and you know that you have something unique and special to bring to the market, to your industry, and you want to help a certain group of people as well. So that puts you in a unique position in your industry and you want to learn how you can do this through your marketing and social media. So that is what I'm here to help you with and, and dive further into because wouldn't it be cool if you're a business that people seek out because they already know, like, and trust you? And that's a really overused saying, I know, but that's where all this work leads and being that business owner that doesn't have to feel like they're constantly chasing for clients and that people come to you naturally and organically because there's great resonance. So moving forward, you might notice the episodes center around those topics more. The experts will take us deeper in those areas. And the business owners that I interview and their stories that we share, they've on undergone similar transformation. So it's great because today I've actually got a business owner who has 
dived particularly in the last couple of years working with us inside creator club into this this realm and has taken her business to a whole new level so think of this podcast as a way of me learning alongside you and kind of like building a thesis in real time so I will be sharing what I'm learning what I'm experimenting with and who I'm learning from and you'll get that through the guests that we have on you'll get that through the solo episodes that I do where I get to share some of the topics that I know can really help you unleash and get outside of the box and be the business that you really want to be. So be the business that's true to you. Da, 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 da. I said it, I got a little cliche true to you in there because I know my guests have a little giggle every time they get to say that on this podcast. Alrighty, let's get into today's episode. Without further ado, I'm going to bring on the amazing Amy Bow, and we're going to be talking about how she has created a unique business, Warrior School, and brought out more of her character in that process. So today I've got a special guest with me because I have known this guest for, well, probably at least eight years, I would say, eight or nine years, yeah, getting closer to the decade mark. And we have worked together, we have uh, been in, in each other's like businesses and different capacities and coaching and things like that. And so it's really fun to have someone on the show that you've known and watch their journey and watch them grow. And especially in the last like three to four years, really go in head first and go all in, as we would say, and create a club into their business. And so I want to welcome to the show, Amy Bow, who is the creative warrior school which you're also going to hear about in a moment. So thank you so much, Amy, for joining me today. Ruby Marsh, thanks so <laughs> much for having me on the True to You podcast. Always, always, always welcome. So yeah, let's get a little insight into your story. The listeners, if they listen to the intro, they would have heard a little bit of what Amy does, but I would love for you to share what it's been like launching your business. You moved to Canada how many years ago now? Six, seven? It was six years okay. in December. Six years. So Amy, as you can probably hear, she's Australian. So that's how we know each other. And when she moved to Canada, uh, you were still training and training people in other people's facilities. So your background is in coaching. You have coached men, women, all ages, all shapes and sizes. And a few years ago, you decided that you wanted to fully go out on your own and create something for yourself. So let's talk a little bit about the birth of your your baby, your business, which is Warrior School for Women. How did that come about? Like what, what was that 
journey, like going from working for other people and then saying, right, I need to create something that's my own, that I could put my name on, that helps women in a specific way. What was that that like, that whole turning point, that process for you? Yeah, I think there's a couple of um, dots. So Steve Jobs has this famous line, I think it's in a commencement speech at university where he says, we can always look back and connect the dots, but we can never look forward. So with this question, I guess there's three to four main dots (laughs) that come up in my story. So, and I'm sure we'll get into uh, a little bit more of the the backstory in the first dot uh, when we talk about character stuff today. But I was actually going to go into performing arts, uh, which we can talk a little bit about when it comes to character. Yeah. But my sister had, um, she endured anorexia nervosa for quite a number of years. So I got super interested in our relationship to food uh, and nutrition. So then I decided I'd become a dietitian, specialize in eating disorders. And I did that, but I've had such a strong training background. I started gymnastics when I was three years old. I competed in gymnastics in dance. I've been in gym since I was 15, very athletic. um, And I love training. So I actually started to uh, while I was doing my master's, I was coaching. I was a PT in a corporate setting. And then I decided that I wanted to do both. So I had left the training space and just did nutrition, but I missed it. And I knew that it was really important. So this is when the training and the nutrition kind of started to marry together and this idea of relationship with food and body. And then the other dot in my story would be when I was competing in Olympic weightlifting, training a lot, like two to three hours a day, six days a week, uh, and probably overtraining and not training in a way that was supporting my physiology. So I got really interested in female physiology and our hormones and our menstrual cycle and how that plays a role in training and our health and the nutrition. So that's when that side of it came in. And so I had this, you know, these dots in my story and I knew those three things were really important. Uh, Training's always played the biggest role, I guess, in my work and then I was, then I moved to Canada. <laughs> so I lived in Melbourne for seven years. That's where we met. And it took, you know, seven years to build up my business. I trained in gym spaces, uh, both in like a commercial gym and then a CrossFit setting, coached one-on-one. I coached mobility, Olympic weightlifting in a group setting. And so, as you said, uh, just before I was always in someone else's space uh, and you know, I was coaching uh, a lot of the time their clientele, you know, that came from their gym space. And so for seven years, I built up my training and coaching business. And then I moved to Canada and I left it all behind. (laughs) I didn't bring any, anyone or anything with me. And I started from scratch uh, because I didn't even think about this whole idea of an online business. You know, this was, yeah, six years ago when I left. And then I was here for a couple of years, still working in people's spaces, people's gyms, coaching mobility, Olympic weightlifting, doing one-on-one work. And then I, yeah, I've had the privilege of knowing you and John for a really long time and being a part of your work and your programs uh, for quite a while. And so John and I were talking one day on a call and I knew I wanted to create something 
that allowed me to move freely between Australia and Canada. So Carson, my partner, he's Canadian. We met in Melbourne and then I'm Australian and I always want to be able to come home uh, to see my family. So that was where the idea started of like, what could I create that allowed me that freedom? Also, I had been in a one-on-one setting for a really long time or in a gym setting and I didn't want to do it anymore. I wanted to create a bigger impact with more women. And so this idea of online training or online coaching uh, came about. And then I guess over the last, I think Warrior School's like three years old now. So it has developed into an online individualized and group coaching program for women. Uh, And most of the stuff I do has to do with my dots. Yeah. 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 And, and we talk for context, we do help the business owners that we work with a lot, understand that connection between their backstory and their backstory doesn't necessarily have to mean all of this happened. And then straight away, I went and did this as a result. It's not always that, but there'll be little dots, like Amy said, in your backstory that will inform or helped you to choose a direction or a type of problem that you usually the problem that you wanted to solve the type of people you wanted to work with and it informs it in some way so the backstory is always really important and sometimes I notice and I don't know if this happened for you but I noticed that a lot of times there's a couple of things with story A, most people don't believe they have a story worth telling. They're like, well, I wasn't the drug addict that was on the bathroom floor and, you know, contemplating what do I do with my life here or whatever major thing happened to them that we often hear with a lot of people in in the coaching space, especially personal development they've been through something really crazy. And so we look at that and we go, well, my story just doesn't even compare to that. So that's like often the first thing for people, right? Is believing that you have a story and that that is why you've created what you've created. And then I think the second thing is, is that we, we don't know how to, how to speak about it in a way that it, it relates to what we do. And so it's been really fun to watch you, unpack that backstory and then go you know what these these are the reasons why this has given me the mission to work with women and interestingly from the moment you had the experience with your sister that obviously triggered something in you that I need to help probably women in some way in my life I just don't know how that's going to look and Yeah, it's really cool that you've ended up with Warrior School that helps women to get strong and powerful and become more confident. And so today I wanted to chat to Amy about a topic that I've been jamming on a lot on this podcast. So you've been hearing a lot about this idea of character. And and this is the way that we think about personal brand. It's like putting it on steroids, supercharging it, because you get to bring in these elements like your backstory, you get to peel back the layers of the onion and, and really create something that people emotionally connect with and can see themselves becoming because of, of who you are and what you talk about. And so part of what you do is help these women get strong. And I imagine that through that process, 
strength is a goal, right? But once you have that tangible goal, it also leads to many other things in their life. What are some of the things that happen as a result of a woman that you work with becoming strong, mastering different lifts, mastering a squat, mastering a deadlift, getting their first pull-up, all these things that someone that's really strong just takes for granted, but there's a whole lot of people out there that would love to be able to do that. And so what happens to these women as a result when they get strong? Oh, so many what a great, yeah. <laughs> what a great quest. What a great question, Ruby. Um, so many things. I'm actually, I probably quote uh, some of the things that I've heard over the years from women. And probably the biggest one that I see is that training changes their posture in how they show up in the world. And yes, their physical posture, as in like they stand taller and their shoulders are back and, uh, you know, because of the strength stuff, physically we actually change the body um, Mm. and the posture of the body. But when I really am talking about posture, I'm talking about it in a sense of how they show up in the world in all other areas of their lives. So I guess I like to think of it as relationships. You know, we have a relationship to ourselves, to the environment, to our work, to other people. And what I see a lot is when we create that physical strength, which really is trust and connection. That's that's what it really is underneath. Yes, we're physically strong. Yes, we look a little bit different, but through through training and through that work, what they really do is that they build trust with themselves and their body and they then that will change the posture in how they show up. So their relationships, you know, um, are different or they learn how to say no or they set boundaries or they they have deeper relationships, more passionate relationships, better relationships, the same with their work. Uh, so everything, I guess, gets elevated in such a positive way uh, because, you know, you can totally, if you're in a room and a person steps in and they feel, you can feel the confidence. Mm. You can feel the sureness. You can Mm. feel the stability. And a lot of these women, when I start working with them, they don't have that. They don't trust themselves. They don't trust their body. They don't trust the culture anymore because I've tried so many things before. They feel lost. They're overwhelmed. They're exhausted. Uh, And so there's like this timidness about it uh, Mm. and about them and, and like how they approach things as well, very unsure, very hesit- like hesitant, um, questioning themselves all the time. And what you see through training is a sureness and a certainty mm-hmm. and training, like it's pretty simple to get strong, but it's hard work as you would know, you know, you have a bit of a training background and, you know, like John's really into training. It, t- it takes mm it's hard to get really strong. And so I think through that, they learn it's okay that it's hard. Um, You know, as long as I have energy and I have a plan and I have someone to support me, like hard things are okay. Uh, So that's probably the number one thing I see uh, is changing in their posture, changing in how they show up. 
I guess, this sense of confidence, um, which to me really isn't, you know, and I guess this ties into what we're talking about today. It's not so much like an outfit or a pose. You know, they talk a lot about body language shapes who you are and you yeah. stand in that Your power, power pose. pose. Yeah, and sure, all of those things can help. Like when you're dressing a certain way, um, you feel great in what you're wearing, comfortable. You're standing in a power pose. You've got this like mode or mood about you that can definitely help. But to me, this sense of confidence that I see unravel in them comes from truly knowing what they desire and what they want uh, and trusting themselves and then going after that. Uh, and that really is, yeah, I guess, uh, their transformation when it comes to confidence and sureness. Mm. Um, and that's not something that happens overnight, right? We're talking women come into your program and there's some conditions, I guess, if, if you want to put it somewhat bluntly, <laughs> Not everybody gets led into warrior school. Not every woman is going to be ready for it or have the discipline or simply have the the want and the desire, like you say, to make the change. It's one thing to go, oh, would it be nice to be able to do that? Nice is good, but nice only gets you so far. That's like a, a dream. You want women that are ready to put a little bit of work in, but it's done it in such a way that it's, I wouldn't say gentle, but there's a, a, a steady pace to it, right? And so it takes a bit of time, is that right? To, to get to this point that you're talking about. Yeah, like my first, I guess, term... I like to call them rules because it's called warrior school and really warrior school is really about teaching them how to train because I believe it all comes from the training. You know, that's just like my my part of a really big part of my story and what I've seen over the last 14 years working with so many women is that if we can get the training thing happening, the connection to the body, the trust, then it will just change, help them change everything else. Uh, And so, yeah, it will always come back to the the training for me. So it's called warrior school because I like to teach them all the things that they weren't taught in school, basically. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, I love it. Yeah. Like, you know, we weren't taught how to train. They yeah. don't teach you that in school. Uh, we weren't t- taught how to create a strong nutrition strategy. Weren't taught that. Weren't taught about our hormones and our cycle. Weren't taught how to powerfully manage our mind. Like all of these things mm. are so important. And women don't know how to do them because for so long, the culture has disconnected them from themselves. And so they don't know how to train. They don't know how to eat for themselves. They don't know how to think for themselves. It's not their fault. Uh, It's never their fault. It's the culture's fault. But the cool thing is, like you just said, they can make a choice to be like, you know what, I'm going to choose a different way. Uh, And for me, I call it the long way home because it does, it takes a long time. So my first term is a minimum of 12 months. I won't work with you for any less than that. Why? Because I believe it takes at least, actually not I believe, I know it takes at least a year for us to actually create a strong foundation. So the first few months, it's all mindset work. We've got to break down like stories and beliefs and learn how to manage our mind properly and have an elegant mind. It's really hard in the first few months. And then, you know, we create this physical practice. that's very simple, 
only using your own body, learning to own the movements and train properly, essentially. Uh, and then over time, you know, we hit around the six to nine months. Okay, now we've got some like rhythm. We've got a consistent training practice. Now we believe that we're the woman that can actually train three times a week because we have for mm. nine months. And that's the most powerful thing because before they've lost belief in themselves because they've tried so many things. Try this for a little while. Oh, it doesn't work. Try this. Oh yeah, it doesn't work. Try, 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 try. Trying on, but not allowing to really sit in that trying on for a long time. So that's why I asked for 12 months. I'm very clear it's going to be very hard at the start, but it's way easier if we can get some energy into you, get you on a plan and I'm here to support you. We're hitting about a year where they've got a consistent training practice. They feel confident, they understand their body, they're connected to their body. Now I say that's when the real fun begins. Mm. 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 Very cool. Okay, we're going to we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about you because this podcast is as much about the or this episode in particular is much about what Amy does. And I wanted to share that with everyone because I think it also ties really nicely into your own personal journey with character, which interestingly, I think you have the training part down down you got that down yeah there's there's challenges that crop up but you're someone if I go you want to really learn how to train go see Amy that's the first thing I would say and (laughs) and your life will change she will teach you how to train but I think for you in terms of and so that that in part allows you the to have a certain confidence and trust in yourself, which we were talking about in terms of what the transformation is or what, how their character changes for the women in the program. But for you and your work, I would say that, yeah, you've got that foundation that allowed you to trust yourself. And you, you know, if you want to show your body in certain ways, you know, okay, I've, I've got this, like we've been working on this for the last 20, 30 years. So, so there's a good foundation there, but I think for you, probably the, the character work has also been tied into the business journey. Right. And the, changes that you've been through and growing your business and then allowing yourself to expand in a completely new way. The training is always going to have goals, I imagine, and always going to present new challenges for you because you'll be that person for the rest of your life. You'll be, I can imagine Amy will be there at the gym at 90 squatting like a boss. And we'll all be doing our little ear squats so that we can get out of bed in the morning or get off the toilet. (laughs) And so let's talk about where you were at before you started to really dive into this character work. And you've been with us in Creator Club from the beginning. So you saw us start to bring this into the teaching and start to open up this doorway for everyone. And what that meant for you in terms of what personal brand looked like before and now what your personal brand could really look like and, and the direction it could take. So talk to us a little bit we, uh, about where you were at, say a couple of years ago when we started to introduce this and personally how you felt about your, your brand, your personal brand. 
Yeah, I think the first thing that comes to mind, Ruby, uh, and I won't dive too much into this, but it definitely plays a part, I think, in all of this character stuff, is that I come from a dancing and a drama background. So I performed all Mm. throughout primary school and high school. And as I said before at the start, I was going to go into performing arts. I got into a performing arts school uh, in Australia, and then my sister got sick. And so then I just did a hard pivot and went into a whole different world. But the really cool thing is I think I really brought performance into my work a lot. And so put me in front of a class. So every time I taught a group class, I was performing. Uh, Then when I started my podcast like three years ago, it's a performance. So every time I get up there, I feel like I'm performing. There's yeah. like I think you said on a podcast the other day, you were doing hand gestures and you know, I know you like to do that as well. Me too. It's just like it's a performance. And so, you know, a certain um there's a certain rhythm that goes about like creating the experience of setting yourself up before you teach a class or before you record a podcast. Uh there um so I guess that's when it kind of it's always been a part of my world and it's always been a part of my work. I, I guess I didn't really see that until I started the podcast. And then John and yourself started to talk about this idea of the world building and creating a world and creating a character. And that was, oh, you did your first uh, world building event at the end of 2021, I believe. Mm. It was our end of year event. And so you introduced us to this idea of building out a world. And I never thought of business like that ever before. Um, you know, in drama, you you have a character and you have to learn a script and you have to embody that character. So I remember uh, there was one monologue that I did that had a, uh, I think it was an Irish accent. So I remember I was working with my drama coach to learn this Irish accent for this script so you you would take on all of these different traits as a character so that's when I got introduced to it but I never thought about bringing it into my business um until you know you and John started to talk about this and talk about character and that really fascinated me I guess because of my performing background of like what we get to build a a world and in that world like I get to put all of the things that like I love and then women want to come into this world and then I'm like the character in the world. Uh, and then I do I get to build this character? Because for so long, I was, I was a trainer. Like that was my, that's what I did. That's like who, I would even say that's who I was, is I was a PT or I was a coach. And so I was always in Lycra, always, you know, I, Ruby and I worked at Lulu together. So 95% of our wardrobe was Lululemon. But then you add being a coach on top of that, being in a gym, pretty much like 99% of your wardrobe is Lycra. And so I just found myself always being in the trainer role, the coach role. And I kind of let go, I guess, of some of my interests uh, that, you know, we can can talk a little bit about uh, that I have found and picked up and put, I guess, into my character. But I would say at first, you know, before you introduced me to that, I didn't see my business as a world. Uh, I saw myself as a coach and a trainer and that's it. I guess the world was very small (laughs) is how I view it because I didn't realize I could bring all of these things in 
and that would um, be interesting to people, that would help my business grow, uh, that would allow women to see me maybe as a leader. Uh, the way I like to think of it is I've built all of these things and I've built all of these things because there's other parts of my character that have helped me do that, but I never brought them into my work. Uh, and so I started to think of it like that. Um, did it feel really two-dimensional? D- did you realize that it was two-dimensional, the way that you were kind of thinking about it and, and, and boxing yourself in, if you will? Did that frustrate you a little bit? Like, was it... Or, or was was the introduction to world building more of a catalyst to open your mind up? I'm curious because we do get a lot of service professionals that come to us and they're like, oh, this is how everyone does it in my industry. And I want to rebel against that and do something a little bit different and show up in a slightly different way that people wouldn't normally expect. So do you think there was a part of that or or was it the introduction of world building that that really opened your mind up? Yeah, I'd probably say it was the second that it mm. opened my mind up. Like I've always been a little bit, as John or yourself would say, like zaggy yeah. the, the other way, yeah. just like how I've done, how I've approached my life, you know, my worldview, my belief systems, like my practices, my behaviors, all of those things are a little zaggy. Uh, so I think it was there. Like, I think, you know, there were parts of my character that maybe I had squashed down or forgotten about. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that I should bring them up because that would really help um, build out this world, build out my business, build out my personal brand, because I am the brand, you know, it's not under warrior school right now. It's under me. Mm. Uh, you know, I lead warrior school. Um, and so women come to me because they see me train and I guess I'm the main character. So I didn't realize I could bring these things out. And I guess world building started to introduce me to the idea that I could, and I could be, well, I am more than a trader. <laughs> But I guess you kind of box yourself in and you're like, okay, I'm the, I'm a trainer. I'm a coach. This is just what I do. And it's just like one way down the highway. And I guess if you run that for a while, the highway gets really busy with a lot of other people. And also it's like, gets a bit boring in the end. Cause you're like, well, I am so much more than that, but I don't know if I should bring it in or I don't know how to bring it in, in a way that is powerful, a way that helps the people that I'm working with as well. I would say the thing that I've struggled a little bit with since diving into the work is I went a little bit too hard into the world stuff and I not let go of, but I lost my focus or my balance on the offer work, the sales work, the marketing work, making sure the message was really clear because it's really fun. Like you've spoken about, it's really fun to dive into world building, to dive into character, to look at like fashion and like follow all of these people. And uh, I guess unlock parts of yourself that you push down for so long, but you can get lost in it. And me, I'm, I'm very all or nothing. I like to swing on the pendulum real hard, which is why I work with women that also do that. <laughs> but I'll go like, I'll go like all in and deep on something. And I think that's a big thing that I've learned is that 
uh, you need a balance. And so, yes, it's fun. It's very powerful, but the other stuff is still really important. Like, am I solving their problem? Are they yeah. understanding what I'm talking about? Um, you know, do I have a strong offer? Am I, am I doing my sales? All of those things. So, uh, gr- uh- Thank you for acknowledging that because that's that's there's always another side to you being um, um, immersed in an idea or a concept and you're very much what we call a mastery player. You're very much, I want to master this thing. And so you're right, we can, it happens to everyone in business though. It, it's not uncommon. And, and I guess the other side for some people might be the shiny object syndrome where they just go after all sorts of different things. And so thank you for sharing that. It's also why we tend to introduce people more to this work when they've been in business for a little while and they're really sure. So I think the timing is really right for you now because you have a proven business model. You have a, you know, your client really well. But I would say what underneath it all, really what it allows you to do is show the transformation in yourself. Whereas the strength can take them so far and that it gives them the the tangible outcome, like getting the squat, getting the deadlift, like we were talking about before, but you also embodying the transformation in terms of, I'm a confident woman. Look at what I'm wearing. Look at what I'm experimenting with. It also connects with them in, in terms of that much deeper part of what, what you help them with. So yeah, it's, it is a fine balance. It is a fine balance. We still need to know that what you do and the problem you solve, like you say, but I think what it's allowed people to see is, is, well, what's on the other side of that? What, what does that actually look like for these, these women? And so you've been able to, to show both, which is really cool. And I think one thing on that I was thinking about yesterday too before in preparation for this conversation is that beauty, fashion, fitness, there's probably other industries that that fall into this, but they tend to be industries that very much are trend focused, jumping on trends. Okay, this is what the personal trainer should be wearing this day. This is what the, you know, this, this is what's in season, this, whatever. Um you know, we're all about talking about this and now we're talking about this supplement and and it's like you're constantly going all over the place and you probably have seen that with some people that that are in your industry, competitors or, or not, that it's like, oh, there's a new thing every six months. They're onto this thing, into the onto this trend. What what the I, I'm curious to know, and this is probably a bit of a loaded question, just quietly guys but <laughs> I'm curious to know has the has this work given you an element of clarity where you've also been able to to put the the competition aside put the trends aside and say you know I really want to cement warrior school as a place where women go to become this and 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 so in this world building and particularly in the character work and you embodying that transformation what has that allowed you to do in terms of trends and competition and things like that do you does does that do you still get caught up in that or do you think less so 
Yeah, every now and then I think I find myself um, caught up in it a little bit, uh, but I'm very aware of it. Mm. Uh, and, you know, and I guess it, if you've been in like the fitness space for a really long time, you've seen a lot of trends come and go. You Actually, Carson and I were just we were laughing the other day around how stuff that's coming out now, <laughs> I was doing... 12 years ago with my coach and it's like they're packaging it up as like this new amazing thing and it's like man we were doing stiff leg deadlifts like 12 years ago that's actually that's the first time John saw me I think I was on like an elevated platform with my toes elevated doing these crazy stiff leg deadlifts and it's just it's funny to see that you know and I come from like an academic background and they're like 10 15 probably even 20 years behind really and I find it's like the same with the culture yeah the culture they find a trend but really it's like that's already been done or it's been around for a long time you're just packaging it up differently uh and so I see that a lot in the fitness world um but no I don't I don't really pay attention to what's going on with my competitors, sometimes out of your curiosity, just to see what they're doing, but not really comparison. It doesn't really come into my work very much. Uh, And I'm just trying to think what helped me with that. Uh, I guess with the training thing, look, I was so lucky. I had an amazing coach. Like I had, he was phenomenal and he taught me how to train properly Um, and I guess that's like one of my biggest strengths within my character and my work is like, I'm quality, quality Mm. over quantity all the way. Like quality seeps into every area of my life personally and every area of my business. Like that is probably like up there in one of my highest values, not, uh, um, not, uh, not far away from freedom, which would be another one of my highest values, but like I'm, I'm about quality. So obviously you see a lot. Yeah. You see a lot in the culture, a lot in the fitness world that just isn't quality. It's quantity uh, and it's sexy and it's fast. And, and I think that's, you know, what the women and I have in common, even though they might not know, but we definitely have a common enemy. And that is the fitness culture, the fast approach, the short way, um, getting on like a trend of like, okay, creatine's the big thing right now. So like everyone let's load with creatine. <laughs> it's like, well, do we actually really need it? You know? And I, I take much slower approach and I always come back to that foundation that I speak about all of the time. And it's all about quality. Uh, and so that's probably a big thing for me, Ruby, is that it's got to have depth and it's got to have quality. Uh, and a lot of those trends, they just don't mm. and they don't stand the test of time, which is why they are. Uh, and so there's that common enemy. And then there's the other common enemy, which is like, you know, the health at every size and you can be happy no matter what. And it's like, well, no, these women aren't, they're not happy. And I think I really, I can, I like this idea of holding two, like two, two ideas and two beliefs that are a bit opposing. We can have both. Yeah. Like we can not be in a body that we love and feel confident, but we can respect it. And I think, you know, that, that is a big part of my work of holding these two ideas and working on them together. But is it challenging? Do you find to 
there's always an upside and a downside. The upside is that you're over here doing your thing, knowing that it works and teaching women how to do that. The downside is that you have to stand alone and plant your flag as we would talk about and create a club and say, well, I'm going to be over here doing this while you're all jumping on these trends and having fun over there. That, that must be a little bit scary to, to, and, and look, I think we're similar in some ways in that we've moved a lot. We have a lot of resilience and we pride ourselves on that and our capacity to stand out on our own. That's, that's part of our life journey for, for both of us. And so there's a part of you that, that thrives in that feeling, but then there's a part of that maybe it's like also a challenge too, to say, well, I'm going to go against all of these trends and I'm going to be over here doing my thing. Yeah, look, there's been times where I thought, just do, just do a bloody here's how to video. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like, fuck it, like get on and just like, Hey, here's here's how to do this. Here's, yeah, here's how, yeah. Here's my tips to do this, and this is how you RDL. And but do you know what that the what's so cool? And I remember my coach telling me this a uh, one time. I was working on this really complex movement, and he's like, "Yeah, like people will probably do it, and they look at it, and they're like, oh yeah." But like they truly don't understand like the the qualities and the standards and how to execute it properly. And and that's what I like, that's what I think when I see all of this, how to do this and how to do that. And you know, there's no problem with that because they're out there and they're sharing and they're trying to help people. And mm. I like commend them because, you know, if you come, if you look at a lot of the movement culture, they're very secretive, really private. They don't half the time they don't speak proper language that anyone can understand. So they're not really helping people out. It's and like so a, whole, I, a whole Tolkien <laughs> world over there. For, for people that don't know what we're talking about, what we're talking about now, I can, I can relate a little bit because having been an owner of a gym and things like that in my past experience, but movement culture, just quickly, like what, what are we talking about when we talk about movement culture? Body weight, strength training, would that be the easiest way to moving your body? No, I, and I don't know. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess it's like, you know, it's like everything. Yeah, they're like yeah. big generalists. Yeah. yeah. But I guess it's like such a tight-knit, it'd be like similar to business. You know, you get in a business culture and they're speaking language that, no one really understands. So if someone's trying to learn something, they're like, what the hell are they even talking about? You have to be like part of the club yeah. to like get it. That's kind of the movement side. You'd be same for every world. If like a beauty person got on and started to talk about all the ingredients that we had no idea what it meant, you're like, what are you talking about? And so I think you talk a lot, John and yourself talk a lot about, you know, coach speak and simplifying your language. Uh, and, you know, movement culture is a little bit like that. But coming back around, you know, I highly commend anyone that puts their work out there and puts themselves out there because it's hard. You know, I remember mm. when I started my social media like five or six years ago, it takes a, it's a lot, you know, there's a lot of friction, takes a lot of energy, a lot of mental space. There's a lot of fear around it. And so, you know, I never want to come from this place of like, 
that shit or you shouldn't do that because it, it potentially can help someone. It's just not my jam. And I think bringing it back to this character stuff, you've got to really know like, who are you? Like, what do you value? Like, how do you like to do things? Because you can so easily get swayed by the culture because it seems easier just to put that up. And to be honest, a lot of my women, a lot of the women love it. They love it. They're like seduced by quick tips. They're over consumers. They just like love learning. They're like leeches for learning. So you put anything together that will have like super quick tips, but in the end, they're not implementing it. Yeah. They're not actually putting it into their life because they need help with their energy. They need a plan. They need a plan for themselves. And then they need someone to support us. It's the same with business. Yeah. I could sit there and I could try and be like, okay, there's all these things with business, but if I don't have some, if I don't have people to help me with a plan or a strategy, like John and yourself have done, well then, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today in my business without the both of you, because you've got like, okay, system, structure, plan, strategy, support. It's the same with the training stuff. And so, yeah. 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 Very, very cool. How have your clients reacted to you bringing out more of the character what have they connected with what do they maybe see possible for themselves as a result yeah this is a cool question ruby and when i was sitting down thinking about it two things came to mind so i've got like the external world outside of warrior school and then i've got the internal world mm. um inside of warrior school and of course my warriors inside are part of my external world you know they follow me on social media they listen to the podcast but there's like these two i guess two parts now it's feeling really great in the inside part uh it's resonating really well and i guess because they've been with me for a long time they've gone through the journey of the training, you know, I've coached them for a lot of them, you know, their lifespan in warrior school is like two years or more. They stay with me for a long time. And so it's, I guess when we were talking about my journey with world building, you only try and introduce it at a certain time. Once they've got a business, it's established. It's the same with this kind of stuff. When you bring it into, into my world or my business inside of warrior school it's landing really well with them because they've been a part of my world for so long on the outside I think it's creating a bit of confusion Mm. uh, bringing it back into a little bit too much world building stuff not clear enough about what I do Mm. and so to answer your question they're loving it and the reason why they're loving it is because looking at it this way you know, I was saying to John on a call one day, I'm having a really hard time like thinking laterally, like thinking creatively, like, you know, injecting like new energy, new ideas into the school, into the group calls, into the one-on-one coaching calls. Just, and he said to me, okay, look outside of your, of your world, like your culture, essentially look outside of the health and fitness space. So then I started to do that. I started to look outside for sources of inspiration that could give me ideas to bring inside of Warrior School that could help them with their vision and help them with their competence and help them with their character development as well. And so I've taken some of the stuff that I've learned from John and yourself, and I've started to talk about it with them as to their character and, you know, what training can allow them to then do. 
And so that's worked really well. So I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, you know, I'm running a live event in Australia at the end of the month and it's called Confidently Ever After. And the idea actually came from Agent Provocateur, who is a lingerie brand that I love, that I've been wearing for over a decade. Now, if you were to ask me six months ago, nine months ago, would I ever bring anything to do with lingerie and Agent Provocateur into my business? I would have been like, well, no, like I just wear that sometimes and I would never talk about it. But, you know, my I've done some own, like my own personal kind of like, redefining stuff uh, and I then brought it in so I started to look at their work and look at their campaigns and they're it's very clever it's very um smart sexy intelligent they're quite a luxurious brand all of the things that my warriors want in their life they want luxury they want passion they want desire they love nice things and so I thought Okay, they ran a campaign which was called Provocatively, Provocatively Ever After. And it was this idea of creating your fairy tale. And I thought, oh, that's really cool because really the women, they want to create a vision. They want to create a fairy tale where it's like a happily ever after. They have energy. They feel great in their body. They can wear what they want. They have great sex. They, you know, and I thought, okay. I'm going to let's let's play around with this idea. Uh, and so the birth of Confidently Ever After came from that. I did an Unleash Your Dark Side photo shoot, which was just darker and deeper and looking at our shadow side. And um, I was in lingerie for that. So I've shared that inside of the school as well. And there's a few of them being like, Oh, I'd love to do that one day. Like, I want to do that. I want to feel like sexual and sensual and wear beautiful lingerie and get my picture taken. And I was like, see, that could be a part of worry school. You want to come and you want to change your body composition so you can wear agent provocateur and get in front of a photographer and get amazing photos of yourself. And then you can blow one up and put it on the wall with you being half naked. And <laughs> I'm your gal. <laughs> uh, so and then obviously I'm, I'm reading a lot more, a lot of like different books, fashion books, like, you know, just autobiographies from different people. It's just bringing new ideas um, into warrior school. But we always come back to the training, like the training's mm. the big thing. Mm. Are you consistently training? We've got to build a strong body. We've got to, we got to be connected to ourselves because we've got to have that. And then we can explore all of these fun things. The outside world. I'm bringing in a little bit into my podcast, a little bit through my social media, like they're seeing me do things. Uh, and I'm, but I'm trying not to do that as much. I am trying to focus a little bit more on, okay, like I, tr I train people, you know, I show my women's training a lot. I show my training a lot. Uh, and I'm trying to just talk about my work and warrior school a yeah. bit more. Yeah. So I yeah. guess there's yeah, two sides. Yeah. Yeah. That that's really cool. And you know what, to you to your credit as well, focusing on your clients and I've recently been reading a book called Over Deliver that we we've probably referenced before. And one of the big things is because a lot of their work was about recurring revenue, the model that they had set up in the business that this guy worked in. And so for them, lifetime value of their client was really key. And a lot of people say that's, that's one of the best things. If you can create that where 
a client comes back to you, it doesn't matter if you've got the type of model that Amy has or whether you're a designer or you work with people creatively, if they keep coming back to you as the source, as the number one choice, you've got clients for life. Great. Awesome. It's That's really easy. And so I think it's great what you've done in terms of showing this to the women and opening them up to these other possibilities because in, in theory, it's also helping with that that lifetime value. But then, yeah, the other side of that is also the attraction side of how do we get the women in into the program to then give them a taste of this? Uh, because yeah, it can be a bit of a, a bit of a balance and they're there before they come in, they're focused really on just results, aren't they? They're focused on these tangible things and not necessarily aware of what's on the other side. Yeah, they're coming to me to get strong, to mm. learn how to train. Uh, mm. You know, a big thing is like a change in body composition. They're just not happy. They're not happy with how they look. They're not happy. You know, they don't feel great in their body and they don't, you know, they don't know how to change that. So the the main reason is, yeah, a body composition change to feel stronger. Uh, they're the two biggest drivers. And I think what the cool thing is, is, when you've got that, you know, you can, and it's the same within the business world, when you've got your offer and you've got your service and you've got some clients, then you you can breathe a little bit and you can have some fun with it. Not saying that you can't have fun at the start, but it's like, it's a little bit hard and stressful at the start. Yeah. You're trying to like get clear on your offer and who you want to serve and create it. And then you're, you, you want to get clients in. Once you get to this certain point, and I felt that, you know, once I had 20 women in the school, I was like, okay, like I can like, I can relax into it. I can really look at systems and processes. I can look at their journey and how I make that amazing. And that's really my number one focus, to be honest, is a lot of my energy goes into inside of warrior school, into their journey. Uh, because I'm not interested in working with hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of women. Like that doesn't interest me. I'm interested in working with a smaller amount of women for a longer period of time. I often joke that one day soon, I'm going to ask for a two-year commitment <laughs> because <laughs> most of them stay for at least a couple of years. There's some that have been with me for like five years now, but you know, I'm interested in that. I'm interested yeah. in being with you for, you know, at least 12 months, if not a year, uh, if not two years, because like, I want to help change your life. Like, I don't want to have something where, you know, you kind of do it, but then you say it doesn't really work because you didn't have the attention and you didn't have someone to lead you. Because most of the women that I work with, they need someone to powerfully lead them especially at the start because they've led others for so long and they don't know how to lead themselves. So mm. it comes back to the quality thing, Ruby, for me. Mm. It's like quality women inside of Warrior School, quality journey over delivery, making their experience the best experience that I can so they're going to stay. Um, and yeah. 
Amazing. Amazing. I love it. It's been really cool to sit down and have this conversation at this point in your journey, I think, and, and talk a little bit, reflect on where you're at right now, like what some of your next moves are going to be, but also this process and this transformation that you've been through personally through growing the business. So many people will say that growing a business is the best fastest route to developing yourself if you want to you you should absolutely go read all the books go to Tony Robbins do all those things but really if you want (laughs) to know yourself well know what it's like to run a business and and then you'll you'll really know yourself so thank you Amy (laughs) I appreciate your your time and sharing very openly and honestly it's been really fun yeah, Ruby, and I just want to say, like, you know, I, like, I love you and John. Like, I, I often joke that I'll keep you forever, you know, as long as you do this, I'm keeping you forever. Uh, you know that I'm a massive fan of coaches. Like, I just truly believe, like, the the whole the whole thing in any any area of our life, you know, is is much easier if we have we have someone there in our corner. Uh, and so, yeah, I'll keep you both forever. Um, <laughs> but the second thing is, is that I just really want to say, I appreciate you introducing this idea and this concept into create a club, into a lot of these business owners, um, I guess, worlds or visions or even businesses. I think it's, I think it's really powerful, um, you know, it just puts a different spin on personal brand and branding and marketing. It makes it way more fun. And I truly believe it's got to be fun. Same as training. Yeah. It's got to be fun. Like if you're yes. not having fun and I think this is the, that's what really helped, you know, yeah. you, you and John thinking of this world building idea and this character idea and having fun with it. And, um, you know, we all need more fun in life. And so I truly enjoy you know, looking at this stuff. And yeah, I'm just so grateful that you introduced it to us. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we're having fun with it too. So I think uh, us us learning and growing with it and, and then being able to offer it to you as business owners, that's, yeah, really fun. So if any of the listeners, particularly the women listening to this conversation, are thinking, you know what? It's about bloody time. I got off my ass and I really learned how to train and I want to have a training practice for the rest of my life. Like we said, till you're 90 and you need to learn, you know, you need to be squatting just so you can get out of bed in the morning. Then (laughs) how can people learn more about your work and maybe get to know you a little bit more? And then if they're interested in warrior school, what does that look like? I think I'm going to steal your line that you said, yeah. if you really want to know how to train, come and see Amy. Yeah. <laughs> it's the truth though. Uh, I, um, I'm very good at it. Uh, I've had lots of practice. I've had amazing teachers. So yeah, if you truly want to know how to train um, to get strong and feel better, feel more confident uh, and then play with all of this stuff that we've been talking about today. Uh, 
you can come and check out Warrior School. I invite you to come and check it out. Uh, the first thing I think is just come into my world. If you're not in it, just come and come and say hi, come and be a part of it. There's a lot going on in there. There's social media. So there's Instagram. I show up there the most, uh, as well as my podcast. So, you know, I'm nearly 180 episodes deep. Ooh, so if you really want to know, yeah, <laughs> if you really want to know more about me and about my work and about the women that I work with and the transformation, listen to the podcast. You know, if most of the women that joined Warrior School listen to the entire library <laughs> before they joined. Uh, so that would be a great place uh, as well. They're probably the two as two biggest platforms um, that that I'm on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and is Warrior School currently accepting applications, or are yep. you closed for now? Yeah. No. Um, open to applications. Great. Uh, yep. So if you yeah first come into my world, second you can learn a little bit more about it, and then third if you want. I take applications. Like Ruby said, I don't take um, every woman, you know, you need to be at a certain place. You need to be ready. You need to be willing to do hard work, spend a year with me. <laughs> yeah. So that's Very it. cool. Thank you, Amy. It's been amazing to talk to you today and I really appreciate everything that you've shared, please make sure that you go and follow Amy. I will link up her Instagram and her website and all of that great stuff in the show notes. Where, what's your Instagram handle? If people are listening to this and they want to quickly jump across to Instagram, how can they find you? Amy, A-M-Y, Kate, K-A-T-E, Bo, B-O-W-E. Amy Kate Bo. That's right. <laughs> now and yeah. forever <laughs> now and forever yeah. yeah uh thank you so much ruby marsh thank you